Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles, arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Good morning. Good morning. It's the second of February, 2023. The reason that I say that at the beginning. Of every show, well, I say the date uh, at the beginning of every show is to remind myself <laughs> where we are and what we're doing and who we are. So I'm Carmen LeBurge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. This is the Faith Radio Network. If I sound a little tired, it's because, well, you know what? I I hit the snooze button this morning mm-hmm, three times. Mm-hmm. So good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I was up late last night because for me... Late last night was already this morning in Australia where I appeared on a show much like this one, but I was a guest instead of the host. Um, and so that was really fun, but it was already today there, even though it was tomorrow for me, which seemed like the totally appropriate way to spend the evening before Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So happy Groundhog Day. We're also going to talk in just a moment about the fact that it's the Feast of Candlemans and uh, and how those two are connected. But let but let me but let me read uh, let me lead off here. Um, today's growing your faith verse of the day comes from First Corinthians sixteen verses thirteen and fourteen. Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything in love. That is a good Groundhog Day uh, verse because every day that is a good pattern of life for those who want to reflect the light of Christ into um, the darkness of our current generation. Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything in love. So, So let me just, you know, pause for a moment and ask if you're concerned that a shadow might be cast today. Um, how long that shadow might be, and why we even talk about light and dark and shadows on Groundhog Day. So really, uh, this is the Feast of Candlemas or Candlemas, and um, its origins come from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 and 23. Joseph and Mary have taken Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem to present him uh, to the Lord, to give purification offering of two turtle doves or pigeons. Leviticus 12 provides that formula that they are carrying out 40 days after the birth of a male um, Israelite. So what happened 40 days ago, like, right, that's part of what we're thinking about and talking about now. That would be Christmas. So um, when 4th century Christians... um, declared the nativity of Jesus to be celebrated on December the 25th, then a festival eventually evolved to celebrate his presentation in the temple 40 days later, which would be February the 2nd. So the holiday went by lots of different names, but in the English-speaking world, it is known as Candlemas or Candlemas, depending on who says it out loud. So there you go. Um, It's celebrated in lots of churches, 
candles are actually blessed in many churches, the candles that'll be used for out throughout the year. Um, and it definitely is a, a nod to the way in which God sends Jesus as a light of revelation to the Gentiles, Luke 2, 32. So if you are a Gentile Christian, like today's your day, um, the long shadow cast over the world by sin, um, illuminated not only for Jews who would be saved by Jesus, but Gentiles as well. So during the Middle Ages, like many Christian holidays, this particular holiday um, acquired lots of popular customs. And um, and so those many of those are carried forward even till today. And so the weather on this particular day was understood to predict the weather, could predict the weather for the rest of winter. So this is how the little... Uh, Middle Ages ditty went. If Candlemas Day be fair and bright, then winter will have another flight. Uh, But if it be dark with clouds and rain, then winter is gone and will not come again. So in the Middle Ages, that was the way of saying that, hey, if it's a dark and cloudy day on Candlemas, then uh, you're going to have a short winter. If it's a sunny day, then winter could continue for some time. And they also thought, catch this, ding, 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 that animals were able to see their own shadows. And if they saw their shadows on this day, it would foreshadow a continuing harsh winter. Thus, Groundhog Day in America. So um, why do we have Groundhog Day and lots of people don't celebrate Candlemas or Candlemas? Well, um, because many of the early American um, colonists were not Roman Catholic, Orthodox, or Anglican, but Protestant. And so uh, in seeking to jettison practices that they associated with um, the former expression of their Christian faith, they preserved the kind of animistic animal custom of the groundhog seeing his shadow instead of uh, the fullness of the celebration of the day when the light of Christ shines upon the Gentiles as well. But we do know one person, at least, who observes the Feast of Candlemas, and that is our friend Ben Johnson, and he's going to join us next. It's Groundhog Day. We'll be right back. This is my right, a right given by God, to live a free life, to live in freedom. All right, joining us now, our friend Ben Johnson. I don't know, what do I say to you? Is it happy Candlemas? I, I guess uh, a blessed feast. Uh, to, to Blessed uh, feast. Mm-hmm. Blessed feast to one and all. Um, was there a blessing of the candles? Will there be a blessing of the candles? Why do we bless candles? What's going on? Yeah, uh, well, you know, in our church, basically we bless everything. So uh, candles have a, a time during the year, and uh, particularly during this winter time when uh, it's we're, we're beginning to move toward um, a brighter and brighter horizon, but it's still very dark. We light candles to remind us of the light of Christ shining into the world. And uh, particularly today is 40 days after uh, after Christmas, so it's the presentation of Christ in the temple, as you mentioned, uh, fulfilling 
the uh, the law of the redemption of the firstborn. If you think about it, the Redeemer came to be redeemed today. Mm, mm, amen. Amen. I like the idea of blessing candles. Um, so um, I would love for you, uh, even though it is a sad, tragic, horrible story, um, tell us the story of two infants, twins, um, born in Ohio who did not survive. It's incredibly tragic, as you say. Uh, there's a young woman by the name of uh, Maya Caston who gave birth uh, January 6th, uh, three years ago when she was 25 years old. She gave birth at home, and she wrapped the children in towels and allowed them to die of neglect. Um, then she called the police and said that they had been, she'd been uh, at home when she had a miscarriage. So uh, ultimately, they, the police very quickly realized this was not a miscarriage, this past Friday, uh, a jury in St. Louis convicted her of uh, neglect. Originally, they charged her with a couple of counts of murder, but um, they, they ended up uh, convicting her of neglect. One of the things that came up that uh, I believe helped mitigate things was the fact that uh, her attorneys submitted uh, an IQ test that found her in the bottom one percentile of IQ. So as someone who certainly had cognitive delays, the prosecution said it doesn't matter that uh, she has uh, a very low IQ, because she still had enough understanding to know what she did was wrong, and that she obviously did not want to have the children because she had searched for abortion pills and cheap abortion or free abortion clinics in the area, which proved that she didn't want to have the children. Now, I think there are a lot of things we learned from this incredibly tragic story. Um, one of them is that uh, someone who has an eye of simplicity understands that the only difference between legalized abortion and infanticide is a matter of time. Uh, that's the only difference. She perceived that, and she perceived that because of the fact that the law taught her that. Uh, something that we don't often think about when we discuss the law is the fact that the law has what uh, lawyers and, and others sometimes call a didactic or a catechetical effect. We would say it has a teaching effect. Uh, the Apostle Paul tells us in the book of Romans that it's supposed to punish those who do wrong and uh, support those who do well. And uh, he even, in the book of Galatians, referred to, refers to the Old Testament law as our schoolmaster. The law, the secular law, is supposed to teach us what's right and wrong. And when you look at someone who is relying on the law in the most simplistic way possible, uh, who, who has to outsource that understanding uh, more so than, than others— when you have an unjust law, it teaches people to follow and live in an unjust way. It teaches people that if children are disposable at one point, then certainly they can be equally disposable later. Uh, you, you're simply cutting out the middleman. And uh, in, in some uh, states, of course, uh, it was perfectly legal to allow a child to be born during a botched abortion and not provide any kind of assistance to the child. There's no legal penalty for allowing nature to take its course in cases like that. So uh, this, didact this didactic and catechetical effect of the law teaches us that life is essentially worthless, that no one has any obligation to a newborn. And so you see that tragically playing out. Unjust laws lead to true tragedies, uh, like, um, like this one that affected uh, two twins, a boy and a girl, and this uh, poor cognitively delayed young lady. I have so many questions um, about this particular situation, and I, most, I misspoke just a moment ago when I said it was from Ohio. This is actually St. Louis, Missouri. I apologize um, for that. We're going to include the link to this story in the show notes today, but Ben and I are actually going to continue this conversation because I'm, I want us to um, 
to think about um, our neighbors, and I want to and I want us to think about um, who who the woman is today, who is cognitively impaired, um, who has other children, who lives in a home with at least two other adults, the father of these uh, these twins and his mother, uh, a woman who was able to deliver babies at home with no one else in in a house multiple with multiple generations of people living in it no one heard anything no one saw anything for days and nobody in the neighborhood uh, nobody in the in in the circles around this woman um ever noticed she was pregnant like what's going on in our culture i raised this question and this concern a few weeks ago um, when we were talking about um, a case in California, and I raise it again today, who is our neighbor, and and what's our obligation as Christians in the culture today? We're going to continue this conversation with Ben Johnson in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do on the Faith Radio Network every day. There is a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources waiting for you to take advantage of and share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. Be sure to check us out on social media as well. Um, This is a community of believers, and we gather together here, and we all need prayer. And, well, we'd love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer. We pray for specific requests every single week when we gather on Tuesdays and Thursdays as a staff. So share your prayer request with us anonymously and securely on our website at MyFaithRadio.com and then be assured of our prayers for you in the spirit of Christ. Check it all out at MyFaithRadio.com. On January the 16th um, of this year at a property on Harvest Avenue near Road 68 in the town of Goshen, California, um, shooters entered a multi-generational home and, um, and took the lives of six people, including a teenage mother and her 10-month-old son as they sought to flee. Uh, During a news conference on Monday of this week, the sheriff of Tulane County confirmed that all six victims died of gunshot wounds, and he um, added that both the 16-year-old Elisa Parez and her 10-month-old son Nicholas had been um, killed execution style. Um, No arrests have been made, um, but the, the... Authorities believe that it is drug-related, gang-related. And we talked about, at that time, we we talked about the response of one neighbor who said, yeah, she heard the gunshots, and now she was praying for these people, but she didn't know them. And I raised the concern that if you're willing to pray for somebody um, after the fact, but you were not willing, you you at at no point made any effort to be neighbor to them um, that, you know, as a, as a Christian, like, right, that, that ought to be a really um, powerful stand in the mirror moment of conviction. And so I'm going to raise that same concern today about this situation in St. Louis, Missouri. Who, who, who are these people's neighbors? 
Um, and so, uh, again, I'm not trying to deflect responsibility away from um, a mentally challenged woman, but I'm also recognizing that she does not have the capacity um, to to make the kinds of decisions that would have been required um, in this particular case. And so, Ben, um, we're talking with Ben Johnson. You know, maybe help us frame this in in a conversation about the particular um, cultural moment in which we live. There is very little value placed on human life. We do have multi-generational challenges. Um, we, we do not have a system that supports um, people with developmental disabilities beyond uh, public education. Um, just talk with us about, like, I don't know, maybe the opportunity for the church here. Well, the church, I think, has an incredible advantage and a disadvantage. The, the advantage is that the church is one of the only places that will meet you in person anymore. And uh, I think that's part of the reason that uh, uh, the pandemic was so damaging was because it made church just another online social activity. Uh, you know, social relationships online and social media are wonderful, but they can't see anything more than what you present in church you can see someone when they let down their guard. You can see that uh, someone looks like uh, she is uh, several months along and is about to have children. You can see all of the changes that come into their lives, and so that gives you an opportunity to ask about them and to be a neighbor, as you say, to, to take an active part in the concerns that they present when you see them in person week after week after week. And you note the changes in their countenance, uh, in the physical condition that they have. And as you get to know them, they let you in on the, the problems that they're having. On social media, it's all you know, superficial. It's simply what they show you. They can take a, a picture of their beautiful smiling face and you don't see that they're pregnant. You don't see that they are completely alone, uh, even in a building full of people who putatively love them. But as you say, don't realize that a child, two children have been born and are living in the next room. So the church has that opportunity to, to take the gospel not simply as a message, but as something that we live out and incarnate as neighbors in the body of Christ. And so that's, that's the advantage. The, the disadvantage, obviously, is the fact that we have fewer and fewer people who are attending church, which means that um, there's one, um, one nun, since we're talking about Candlemas, one, one nun told me a few years ago, in the old days, you would go into the church and there was your congregation. Now you have to go out of the church because that's your congregation. Mm. I um I was on a, a show, what for me was last night, what for them was already this morning, you know, in the spirit of Groundhog Day. I was on a uh, a radio program in Australia <clears throat> yesterday, which was for them today. I don't know even how to say that. Okay. But we had a, it's a call-in show, which I confess I didn't know until we were on air and he's taking calls, um, which was exciting. Um, but Anne called in, you know, she's a sister in Christ. Um, she lives in Australia. And she was lamenting, um, you know, the the COVID effect in her community, where even though people can now return to church, almost no one has. They um, there's a there's a level of fear of of returning to in person worship, and people have frankly gotten used to, uh, you know, just quote unquote going to church online. She talked about the loss of fellowship, the loss of community. Um, the loss of relationship, the loss of witness. I mean, it, her list was long. And, you know, I sought to encourage her, but I also recognize, Ben, that um, 
she's not really the one who needs to hear the message that it's time to get ye back to church. Um, it, it's other people who are neglecting the assembling together. Yes, and it's irreplaceable. It's simply irreplaceable. It's true, you can go online and hear some amazing messages or hear some phenomenally talented soloists and choirs, and I think that's to be encouraged all throughout the week. But you have to have a body that you belong to. One of the early church fathers said, one Christian is no Christian. And it doesn't matter if you're one Christian who happens to be watching with a bunch of other Christians. You're still one Christian by yourself. The body of Christ says that we are a body who all have different members, we all have different talents, and we all work together, and together we incarnate the body of Christ, which means that we need others to be whole and complete. And that's what the assembling of ourselves together on Sunday morning does. It creates a community where we love one another, we care for one another, and we share the love of Christ in a concrete way. So Monday through Friday, it's especially with our family, and on Sunday, we have the opportunity to expand that into the body of faith in our faith family and to live out those relationships. And that's why it's so important to actually have human connections that are blessed by Christ. It's impossible to, to love people, to tell them, go, be warm and well and well-fed, and not to have any real interaction with them. That's, that's all theory. The devils have theory. We have to have concrete action that manifests and incarnates Christ in ourselves and in our communities. Mm. Um, is there a Candlemas blessing? There is. Uh, it's it's specifically for the candles, but uh, yeah, oh, it's there, there for the a, candles. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, we we as I say, we bless candles. But uh, the, the idea is very very simply that uh, all throughout the year we bless things that are appropriate to that time of, of year when the first harvests come in. We bless that, uh, and and so on. We we bless grapes and flowers and and so on when they they bloom. And during this time of year, it's a dark time of year. So we need that light to shine. Uh, There are other religions that also have festivals of light. We have it as well. We're simply blessing the candles Mm. that bring us the light and show that Jesus is the light of the world. I love it. Hey, thanks so much. Thank you for joining us as always. And um, blessed feast. And to you as well. That's Ben Johnson. You can read what he's writing at WashingtonStand.com. Um, and you can find him tonight at a Candlemas service. Mm-hmm, pretty sure. Um, you're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. We'll be right back. If precipitation is falling on all your plans, just call information up as far all right, I do do very much appreciate um, Lori's uh, uh, text to me this morning about Puxatawney Phil's former wife Phyllis, now living in Florida. Says Phil is a compulsive liar. Don't 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 trust that guy. Don't trust that guy. Puxatawney Phil, yeah, Groundhog Day. I, I know, and and you're thinking Groundhog Day movie. Maybe as a Christian, um, we could be thinking Groundhog Day as in. You get the opportunity to begin again, again. Like the gospel is like fresh um, every morning. The mercies of God are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. Um, God, uh, you know, is awakened this day not only to, um, I guess, we are awakened to the reality that you know God is present and God is good, and um, yeah. So, if you need a Groundhog Day, 
right? In terms of the gospel, in terms of recognizing that today you and I stand in need of the forgiveness of God, um, the renewing of his spirit, the active work of um, of his spirit within us to bring us into greater conformity with who Christ is. Like maybe you and I should have that kind of groundhog day. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, and this casting of shadows, it's a great day to talk about the shadowy nature of um, the world in which we live and and the light that pierces the darkness, right? And the darkness will never overcome it. The light has come. His name is Christ. Like, let's talk about the um, the shadow that the cross casts and, um, yeah, all those kinds of things. All right, well, there you go. There's some Groundhog Day talking points off the top of my head. Kathy Branzell is going to join us next. Um, she is a dear friend in Christ. She also heads up the National Day of Prayer Task Force. Kathy's been um, thinking about and praying for relationships, especially people in her own family, and encouraging us to do the same. So I want you to um, make a make a list, heart list, mental list, jot it down if you want to. When I say the word family, who does God bring to mind? I'm thinking um, about Michael, who uh, sent me an email yesterday and asked specifically for prayers for his daughter, Phoebe, who's in rehab. Um, when I say family and I say prayer, who comes to mind? We're going to lift them up in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. All the world starts changing when the church starts Kathy Branzell is joining us again this morning. She heads up the National Day of Prayer Task Force. The National Day of Prayer is coming May the 4th, 2023, but we're encouraging you to pray each and every day. Kathy, welcome back. Hi, good morning, friend. Good morning, good morning. So um, we want to talk a little bit about preparing for the 2023 National Day of Prayer, um, get people connected with resources, invite them to participate and volunteer or host an event. So um What's the theme and and what should we be doing now in preparation for May the 4th? Oh, my goodness. Um, So many things. We're so excited. And so thank you for preparing in prayer with us. Um, Of course, you can always go to nationaldayofprayer.org. And um, we have a catalog, um, a store full of prayer resources for you, prayer guides for your event with the national prayer on it for this year. Our theme is Pray Fervently in righteousness and avail much. And I'm sure uh, many of you go straight to our theme verse uh, in your mind, in your memory of um, that, that promise from God in the book of James 5.16 that tells us that the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. And so mm-hmm. we are so excited to pray in the righteousness of Christ, the gift that Christ has given us the condition um, of of our heart and our soul, that we have the righteousness of Christ. And in that, um, that feeds all of our character, our conversations, our conduct, and certainly our prayers. And so thank you for praying with us, preparing with us. And again, nationaldayofprayer.org. Kathy, um, we... 
we often individually in our own in our own lives uh, in our own spiritual walk we pray for the people who we love best in the world many of them are uh people we consider family some of them like you know blood blood related family in terms of biology many of them blood related family in terms of jesus so can you talk with us about praying for relationships um uh, not only uh, the family of faith and the household of God, but also like actually family members. Yes, absolutely. You know, this is really on our heart, of course, February, and and you think about Valentine's Day, but but throughout the month and throughout the year, again, not just the one day, but every day. Um, you know, who God has allowed you to love? Who has God brought in your life? And and um. Paul and I were talking right before I came on just that, you know, my heart is so for my husband, Russ. Um, We both travel extensively uh, for work. And so um, last week I was in Orlando. He was in England. This week I'm in St. Louis and, you know, he's in San Diego and on and on and on our story goes. And so um, I can choose to pout to, you know, of course I miss him, but what I need to choose to do is pray for him, pray for us, pray for our marriage, um, and pray, uh, you know, for not just God's protection over him, uh, as he flies to and fro, but that he would be walking in the destiny that God designed that, uh, we pray that for kids, uh, someday I'll get to have grandkids as we're expanding our family this year in my mm. daughter's um so excited and we already think of her fiance as family we treat him and pray for him as family and and to be able to tell him i've been praying for you since the day she was born when i rocked her to sleep at night i would pray over her future husband i would pray for the purity of his life that he would walk in the salvation and the knowledge of the lord jesus christ in a personal relationship um, I've been praying for that man for 25 years. And so we we think about, um, you know, praying over our family every day as they leave to go to work or school or wherever they're going. And then when they lie down at night, we want to hedge them in uh, with with the love and the plans and purposes of God. When you when you talk about praying for family, um there are definitely folks listening who are conflicted immediately in their spirit. Um, yep. Roots of roots of bitterness, um, yep. anger, um, resentment, mm-hmm. things they can't let go of. Can you talk a little bit about um, the role that forgiveness plays um, in terms of praying for family uh, and and for people who are not going to be reconnected to their family for whatever reason, that that is not going to happen in this lifetime. Can you right. um, talk with us a, a little bit about praying in those relationships? Absolutely. And, you know, they may not be reconnected in this lifetime because that person has already passed on. And and there's just there's no way that they're going to be reconnected um, this side of heaven. Um. Forgiveness is a big word, but the Lord requires it. And and remember, I'll uh, remember this: forgiveness doesn't make what they did to you right; 
it makes you right. Um, for for many of us, uh, if if you're holding on to a grudge, that person that hurts you doesn't care. Uh, you're just giving them more power in your life. You're just giving them free rent um, in your heart, in your mind to distract you, to hurt you day in and day out. There's this ongoing um, woundedness and there's no healing. Forgiveness, when you just say, Lord, you know what they did. You know what they said. And you take it and, and just picture yourself grabbing it out of your heart, out of your life, and handing it, putting it in the hands of God. And saying, Lord, you've forgiven me of much. And so I'm choosing to forgive because, Lord, that's what you tell me to do. I'm doing this because I love you and I want to obey you and I need this healing in my life. So I'm taking this person and I'm handing them to you so that I'm right with you. And then you pray for them. And, and uh, that is the greatest form of love and obedience to God that you can show him. If you're listening right now um, and God has brought someone to mind, someone um, for whom you know you ought to be praying and have not been for whatever reason, or somebody for whom you have been ardently praying and it does not seem that the answer um, is coming, uh, I'd love to just have you text me their name, just first name. Um, we're going to lift them up in our uh, in our cupped hands before the Lord. Um, we're going to present them before the Lord our God. We're going to intercede. We're going to put all their names in our hands and lift them up to God to tend to each and every one of those concerns. Um, thank you to those of you who have already texted in this morning. The number is 877-933-2484. Just just one name. You don't need to tell me the whole story. God knows the whole story. Just the one name of the person that God brought to mind when we started this conversation about praying for relationships in our families. Who did God bring to mind? Um, share that one name with me, 877-933-2484. We're going to um, lift these names up before the Lord. Um, thank you. Thank you. Uh, we've already got uh, Diane, Emily, Marianne. Kaylee, Isaiah, Rick, Laura, um, Jim, send me the one name of the person who God brings to mind when I say, let's, let's pray for relationships in our families. Let's pray for family. Text me, 877-933-2484. We'll be right back with Kathy Branzell. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm here with Kathy Branzell. She heads up the National 
Day of Prayer Task Force. Thank you so much for um, texting in the just you know just the first name of the person who God brings immediately to mind when I say let's play, let's pray for relationships in our family. Let's pray for family members. Those might be other members of the household of faith. They might be uh, members of your um, family, people with whom you have broken relationships, strained relationships, places where God needs to intervene because you don't know what to do. Who are you lifting up this morning in your cupped hands before the Lord saying, God, I I got nothing, but I want you to um, hold this person in, in the very uh, hollow of your hand, um, do with them according to your will, reveal yourself, heal, give hope, redeem, bless. Who's that person for you? Text us their name, 877-933-2484. Kathy, we're going to pray for them in just a moment here, um, but I want to give people the opportunity to to share the names of those uh, beloved people for whom they want prayer today. Um, Let you and I pivot in our conversation, if we could. You have a really wonderful um, contribution for us to read at uh, at nationaldayofprayer.org, and it's about being moved by mission not by minutes or months. So can you, you know, can you read us in on this? Absolutely. So um, it it was really inspired by knowing that people all over the world made a New Year's resolution on January 1st. And by January 14th, statistically, a major portion of those people have already dumped that resolution you know, they, they cheated on the diet. They, they did whatever they said they weren't going to do and forget it, just forget it. And so that just all of 2023, forget it. And so um, it, it's just that reminder. It's like, we don't pray um, just on the first Thursday of May. We pray every day. We don't just love people on Valentine's day. We don't that, that God, God doesn't move by man's calendar. That, that the heartbeat of our life, the cadence of our life is on mission. I've said before, every minute has meaning in your life. Every minute has mission. And so we live on that and his mercies are new every morning. And so whatever you've resolved to do, including forgiving the people that you're sending in their names right now to us, um, that, that also you're going to make sure in your life and the relationships you have that you aren't the cause of um, of strife, that you're not the cause of division. Uh, uh, for a lot of people, I'm going to go back to family and tie in these conversations that um, I was just at a world-renowned amusement park that families go to. And I was astounded by the number of mostly dads, but moms are guilty of this too, who had their air buds in their phone, in their ears and they were on a phone call a business call cutting business deals talking to other people and the looks on their children's faces at them was just disgusted disappointed you know it was dad watch dad look dad mom listen mom you know and and they were not present and i just thought oh my goodness the woundedness you know what kind of relationship what kind of memories are these kids going to have um because mom and dad weren't present in their lives. And so maybe you've decided you're going to spend more time with family. Whatever it is, we need to listen to God and say, what is your mission for me? Guide and direct me. I want to fulfill the destiny that you designed me for. Don't let me go to the left or to the right. And you can pray that prayer every minute of every day and not be caught up in the seasons or the circumstances 
of this earthly life, but to listen to the Lord and to walk um, in, in your days, the author of your days. Um, I want to spend uh, a few minutes here, Kathy, with you um, praying for these individuals. Um, I don't yes. know, there's probably already more than 100 names here. So we're going to... Um, we're going to literally lift them up in our cupped hands before the Lord. I invite you to do the same with me if you're in a in a place where you can safely do that. Obviously, if you're driving, don't cup your hands and lift them up and close your <laughs> eyes because that seems like a terrible choice. Um, but if you're anywhere else and you can do this with us, um, That's right. uh, Kathy, um, maybe as I read their names, um, you could be lifting them up before the Lord. This This posture of cupping our hands together and um, lifting up names before the Lord. Just tell us about this as an act of intercession. Like what what's happening um, when we're lifting someone up by name before the Lord our God? So first picture that, um, Jesus, that God handed his son Jesus down to us on earth and picture the sacrifice that Jesus made so that we could be forgiven of our sins. Take a posture of praise and thanksgiving for all that you've been forgiven of. Do not let Satan for a moment bring guilt or shame back into your life. God has erased that and the freedom that you get to walk in. And now think about how Jesus told us that we must forgive others as we have been forgiven. That the measure we forgive is the measure we will be forgiven. He says that at the end of the Lord's Prayer, teaching his disciples. And so praise God, take a heart of praise that you've been forgiven and now take out the woundedness. Lord Jesus, we just, we grab this hurt. We grab this wound. You know, Lord, the cutting thing that this person did or said that has left my heart bleeding all these days, all these years. And Lord, only you can heal. Only you know their heart. Only you know the root of this fruit that hurt me. And so I hand them to you first. I hand you my heart. And I ask, Lord, that you heal me as I set them at your in your hands. I take this thought captive of what they did. And I lock it away in the past. I lock away this pain. I refuse to come back and visit it. And now, Lord, beyond that, I pray that you would heal them, that whatever um, hurt they have, whatever I don't understand, Lord, that they won't miss the destiny you've designed for their life either. Mm. That your kingdom would come, your will will be done in their life and my life as it is in heaven. And so thank you for your healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, we lift up to you Rick and Emily, Marianne, Isaiah, Kirk and Kurt, Aaron, Miles, Emily, Sarah, Kent, Josh, Zane, Valerie, Haley, Tyler, Timothy, Kaya, Alicia, John Robert. 
Father, we lift up Gracie, Adrian, Joel, Jan, Jake, Gianni, Amber, Julio, Anthony, and Mary. We lift up Diane, Ashley, Stephanie, Justin, Jennifer, Joshua, Gail, Yeshu, uh, Delane, Delaney, David, Paige, Michelle, and Phoebe. Holy God, we lift up Evan, Angela, Larry, Clara, Tommy, Ken, Jason, Sam, Megan, and Drew. Holy God, we lift up Gary, Mom, Ben, Pamela, Ron, Carol, and Christopher. We present to you in our hands Trey, Sarah, Charlotte, Andrea, Fred, Gwen, Paula, Jessica, Samuel, Joshua, David, Joe, Jared, Jeremy, David, Carrie, Carl, Kay, Sandra, Judith, and Nicholas. Holy God, you know each one. You see them right now. You love them so fully. Grant your grace this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Kathy, thank you as always so much for joining us and for praying with us this morning. Amen. Love you guys. Keep praying. Yeah, we will. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. So sometimes prayer, um, particularly in in ongoing relationships, prayer can feel like Groundhog Day. Um, so let me just encourage you today um, to count on the one who is the light that breaks into the darkness. Count on the one um, who will not be overcome, but who has, in fact, overcome. Count on Jesus today to extend light into darkness um, and to be the one who can... Um, who can change things. He can change things. He can make today an utterly different day. Um, Even if it feels like the same day all over again, let's keep going before the Lord in prayer, making our petitions known to him. We got another hour of Mornings with Carmen up next. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.